Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Oh, let's do a live on a victory Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily, presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. The cream is in. Victories in the win column, my friend. Kareem Hunt went over 50 yards for the first time in nine games. Boy, he ran good, didn't he? He sure did. And the Browns won. Let me tell you, guys, if you're paying attention, I was going to say, it's exactly as it was laid out on this program all week leading up to the game. By him. Basically by Gibbe, honestly. (laughs) Gibbe had it. Everything bad for our offense and somehow a route. Wait, everything bad? That's what you predicted. It feels good to be right in 1-0 this week. I don't you know. were, yeah, but I you. Mean, that's, but you, you were like, I don't think there's flow. negativity. You're like, we're not running it effectively. We're not going to throw I think it effectively. It's interesting that not even 30 seconds into the show, you're being negative. What do you mean? You were negative, I, but you had. No, I, I, I went four and one. Oh, I. Let me know. No, wait when you a get second. To my Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, I. No, it no, started no, no, off no. five and zero, oh, and now I keep going backwards. No, here. you went five and zero. Oh. No, because he didn't it, miss one. He got Chubb Watson under. Uh, Watson rating under Brown's first half touchdowns, 2.5 under Saxon interceptions, fumbles over with, and that was under, and that was that's under. what he missed. So that's the one he missed. That's, missed. that's the one he missed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Four and he, one. Four he and always one. misses that one. Yeah. You don't, no matter what, no but matter you, what you'll be in first place. Look, it can be, um, it can be both that it's awesome to get a win, that it's crazy to get one with a, a from our team, a punt return touchdown a fumble return touchdown. The, one of the most ridiculous interceptions from John Johnson that I think I've ever seen. It was a stunning happenstance. I don't right place, right time. Ball doesn't hit the ground. Feet in. I mean, that was stunning way to start the game. It was like the guy caught the ball, fell to the ground, then volleyball set it up for John Johnson, who said, "Oh, I'll catch that." But he did tremendous job to get his feet in. I thought that was that can't be overlooked for John. Yeah, Johnson he, he really did, and it can be all that. And it can also be, and then this is in no way a reflection of what I anticipate this will look like in the relatively short term and certainly in the long term, that it was disappointing how four threw it. I mean, that's all part of it. There were flashes of brilliance. You saw it. He throws a BB. Uh, he hit uh, Amari Cooper on an, uh, one across the middle that was um, – you're like, oh, that's it. Yeah. Like, even the boys were like, wow, that comes out quick. Like, Beamsy noticed it right away. He's like, wow, he throws a lot harder, a lot faster than – than Jacoby, um, but also, seven hundred days is real, brother. And, oh yeah, and it was, and he he one hopped some stuff that was more than just a one hop. I mean, it was like eight yards short, like some of that stuff. Um, some of the misreads that he had were real. Uh, the good news is that you can learn all of this amidst a win, and that's a lot more fun. Um, but this is going to be a work in progress for him to get back to game form. Yeah, that was it. Look, he had had a great. A uh, couple days of practice towards the end of the week, you thought it would be good, but there's no way to simulate game speed. No. There really isn't. And, you know, I talked with a couple of guys on the offense afterwards, and the Browns put some, you know, new things, some Watson-specific things in there, and we saw that. It just – it wasn't seamless. And, yeah, it was – I think he was so – he wanted to make sure he didn't miss high at all, and mm-hmm. so he was missing low, whereas Kyle Allen was happy to miss high all day long. Neither yeah. one of them was really hitting the strike zone. But there was one on an RPO, sometimes in Madden, on the, on the wheel RPO, which mm-hmm. we ran. We literally ran that play. 
and he was trying to hit it to Felton. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm mad and the game just like glitches and you throw the ball straight into the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I said on the bra, I go, it was like, that was just like a Madden glitch. It was yeah. just, he threw it straight into the ground. It yeah. was bizarre. Um, but certainly you saw the talent was there. You, you saw what I thought was practice. First of all, speed's different, but you're also not going to get hit. And you could see he wasn't yet comfortable in a pocket understanding when mm -hmm. he could stand in the pocket, when he could not stand in the pocket. And, and he has to feel that out with this line as it goes forward. It wasn't our line's best day either. No. Uh, which I think added to it. But I love that our defense and our special team stepped up. Donovan Peoples-Jones at a point where this game was going off the rails yeah. and felt so bizarre down 5 nothing. Mm -hmm. That punt returned the first for the Browns since 2015, Week 2, Travis Benjamin against the Tennessee Titans at First Energy Stadium. That punt return electrified everything. And now it wasn't an immediate, but it just turned it up. And you knew our defense... Took the pressure off. You, you well, just went, okay, all right. Because you knew they weren't going to score. Well, <laughs> like you could go in and down and score. So you knew, like, okay. It gave you the opportunity to go in at yeah. halftime and say, guys, yeah, we couldn't have been worse. Yeah. And we're ahead. So let's just go be normal, and we're going to win this handily, which they did. I mean, it was 27-8, to eight, basically. They scored mm -hmm. a late touchdown uh, of no consequence. That was a huge play by DPJ, and this was a game where special teams carried you, and we're starting to get some juice out of the return game. Ford's had two 40-yard returns. Mm -hmm. DPJ last week, and then into this week, we saw good special teams. Corey Bohorquez with a big punt against Tampa that pinned them back, a big punt in this one that led directly to a, a fumble recovery touchdown. So... We're gonna, our offense wasn't what we are accustomed to, nor was it what it will be when Deshaun Watson returns to form. But we're going to need to be a three-phase team if we're going 5-0, and which is what yeah. we need to do. And it starts going 1-0 in a, the toughest game remaining on our schedule, honestly, yes. down in Cincinnati next week. Yeah, it does. Um, you know, you, we were talking last week toward the end of the week, and you know, you'd seen you know, some of the practice stuff, and you, you saw how Deshaun looked. The reality of this is, and it was something that maybe maybe just be out of excitement we overlooked, um, but I do remember speaking about this early in, all the way back in August when we first learned of the suspension, that you know the notion that he would just plug and play and be 2020 Deshaun Watson, yep. it's just been, it's too damn long. It's yep. two seasons without playing meaningful snaps. It's 700 days without playing meaningful snaps. And the reality is, and I think you hit it right, I think it was mostly the pocket where he just wasn't comfortable in it, was not comfortable with noise around him, um, wasn't comfortable with live bullets. I mean, just wasn't. I mean, no. and one of the big things that happens in practice is, you know, and this isn't this is at every level. Don't hit the quarterback. Don't touch him. No. So now all of a sudden, when they can, and you're not used to that, you got to work back into that. And I, I think that was pretty obvious on Sunday. And it even felt like, did you notice that like his drops were, the speed of his drops, the depth of his drops were not consistent. It felt like he was For still sure. trying to find his natural rhythm, and I think He's, that is a very different thing yeah. in a real NFL game than it is on a practice field. And for him, it's been, as you said, a long time. Now, we're going to need massive improvement this week. That offensive performance yeah. will get us beaten probably handily, regardless of how good our special teams and defense plays against Cincinnati. But we're going to need to be better. You got it out of the way. Yeah. If I had anything – if I personally could have changed one thing about that game, I realized we were there to win and play football, but I would have used that fourth quarter to throw the ball a lot. I probably would have too. Um, yeah, I, I thought I thought I, I love that your your point on the on the drop 
depth and pace because I noticed that I hadn't thought of it in the way that you did, but there, it was wildly inconsistent. It's a good job. There was one where he went like 10 yards and like sprinted. Sprint, and right. It was just, it, yeah, yeah, it looked odd. He seemed more comfortable out of shotgun than under center, yep. clearly, which he spent most of his life in the gun yep. um, versus uh, under center. So I, I thought that was very, very obvious. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm probably with you. I probably I, I understand like you want to be proper sports and all of that, but this is the situation we're in, and we you know you're still in it. You're five and seven. You're in it. You you're not eliminated. And if you are to be a team that wins out, then that pass game has got to be elite in a hurry. And by the way, we'll get to these injuries in a second because they've really mounted yep. over the weekend. Um, it, it, you you've got to be. He needs at bats. That's like, what I. That was my thought. Was that look? The reality was at that point in the game, up twenty-seven to eight. This is now a joint practice or an exhibition, and the game was completely in hand. So I wanted to get as much work for him as possible. I understand why you didn't, mm -hmm. because you also need to get your run game, you know, work in late in games. That's how you salt away games. Nick Chubb, you know, goes into the game leading the NFL in fourth quarter rushing yards. That's Nick Chubb time. But I wanted to just see. You know, more. I mean, we ended first half, we were totally balanced. Yeah. Second half was completely imbalanced, run heavy. Uh, and, you know, we had we ended the day with 38 carries and, and 22 pass attempts. I wanted to see him get as many as he could because of what is to come. And now all of a sudden with what's happened in Baltimore, which right. is unreal that they pulled that out. They go 19, what is it? I think 16 plays, 91 yards mm -hmm. when they had done nothing all day to beat the Broncos. The Broncos are an embarrassment, by the way. Awful. They are. Yeah. Um, you had a chance to even pick up a couple games, but you know, you go down there, you you have a chance. Cincinnati this next week is the toughest game left on your schedule, I think, bar none. Yeah, and so you go and you played them very well. But that to me, that game is critical that he is not rusty anymore, and and you don't know if he will be. I just wanted to see him have one drive, put the ball in the end zone, so it would just. I use this. I use this phrase to describe uh, the Ohio State passing attack the last few years with Fields and Stroud and all of this and the way that i describe it is it's the anchor man uh, ron burgundy off the set bing bong bong you're fired ed like that's i want that offense like bing bong bong yeah away you go like i just wanted one drive where it was on pace timing was right ball out crisp and away you go and i think if you would have gotten that you'd have felt so much better but i also understand that you don't want to chase that because if it's not in the cards, it's not the cards. sometimes sure. it's worse. We see that in preseason sometimes. Go ahead, Gibbe. Do you have a do you have something? We have a little breaking news. Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt y'all. I got my pen. Browns Ravens moves to Saturday, four thirty. What's Ravens that? Is that the 18th? Browns Saturday, December seventeenth. Seventeenth. NFL Network, four thirty PM officially. Twelve seventeen, four thirty. Colts Vikings at one. Dolphins Bills eight fifteen not getting flexed to Sunday night football Saturday night. Okay. I'm amazed that they kept us on Saturday then. Yeah, me too. I wonder if that means does that mean Commies Giants gets flexed? To it, Sunday did. Night? it did. Yep. It did. It Commies did. Commies Giants did. Yep. So you've you're gonna have uh, you've got uh, Dolphins Chargers this weekend Sunday night and then Commies Giants the following yeah. Sunday night. So Ravens Browns four thirty Saturday December seventeenth. All right, Merry Christmas. There you go. Um, there go. Couple of injury things. 
and we're going to expand on all of these at greater length a little bit later. we got Tony Fields coming up here in a second. We had a big play in the game yesterday. Uh, Many. Heartbroken by Sione Takitaki's injury. He played his butt off. He's the best dude ever. We've known him forever. Um, and this Last is, year of his rookie deal. I know. All of it. It just sucks because he's done everything right and has been I hope, awesome this year. I hope very much that the Browns sign him to an extension. I think that, you know, the price will be right. Obviously, he is a great role player. He wants to be here. Let's just do that. So while he's rehabbing, he's not worried about that. Let's, yeah. let's keep Sione Takitaki at Cleveland Brown. I, I could not be a bigger fan of his. Same. Uh, Anthony Schwartz into concussion protocol. And then David Bell had the thumb injury uh, that kept him out of the game yesterday. Just when you think Anthony Schwartz has turned the corner, he goes and, and made a nice play. It was a good run after you got to protect the football. You yeah. can't have that. And it just – then he's not playing. And, and, you know, we need a third receiver. Yeah. Especially if Bell's out. Not that Bell's been dynamic, but he's, you know, caught a few – four passes each of the last you two games You have to have somebody to actually run routes. Well, we put Felton in there. It felt – if you have him on the field – and you don't throw him the ball. You tried one time on one RPO. Yeah. You don't hand him the ball. He's just out. It's basically like at some point they're going to say, okay, we don't even need to worry about this guy. Sure. We need, we, you we got, need some dudes. A guy that needs to be worried about has to be on the field at all times. Yeah, well said. Uh, with yesterday's win, Tito's Handmade Vodka proud to support the Cleveland Browns for the Tito's Victory Vodka program with a $1,000 donation to the Cleveland Animal Protective League, helping to foster compassion and end animal suffering. Thank you, Tito's. Remember to please enjoy Tito's Handmade Vodka responsibly, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, 40% alcohol by volume, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, and crafted to be savored responsibly. Tony Fields will join us coming up next. We're off and running on a Victory Monday. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Allen takes the snap, drops the throw. Here comes Miles Garrett. They throw the ball, got tipped and picked off. It got picked off, and there goes Tony Fields for a touchdown. Miles Garrett, Chase Winovich had pressure. They were trying to set up a screen. It got tipped in the air and brought in. I saw the head official call that incomplete. The ball never went to the ground. I don't think so. I think the ball popped up in the air. After discussion, the ruling is the ball never hit the ground. Touchdown. Touchdown. Absolutely. What in God's name was he looking at? Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. <laughs> that is great. Rumkey Waste Recycling family owned and operated. If you join them as a customer's employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumkey.com to learn more. And now we head out of the Twisted Tea hotline brought to you by Twisted Tea. Hard Ice Tea, official sponsor of the Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. Linebacker Tony Fields. Well, our, our broadcast crew knew that you got it out of the air, pal. That You knew right away, too, I assume. Uh, absolutely. Tips and overthrows, you got to get them. I mean, I caught it and ran into that end zone as fast as I could, man. You did. You did a great job. And before we get into and first of all, congrats on the great game. You've been playing a lot lately. We'll talk about that in a second. But after the touchdown, I want you to walk us through what happened from your perspective, because I don't know if you've seen the videos yeah, but tell us what happened after your touchdown through your eyes. <laughs> All honesty, man, first NFL touchdown, lifelong dream. I blacked out. I didn't even, <laughs> like, I've always had a celebration plan, but all that went out the window. It's just, I just celebrated, and then um, I always wanted to throw my pops the ball. So once uh, Jordan came and threw me the ball, I went and found my pops in the stands, not threw him the ball. Yes. Now, did you see – 
the completion to your pops. Did you watch the entirety of once the ball was in the air? Did you see this? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Incredible catch by your dad. So, so t- for t- the t- people who haven't seen it, what okay. Happened? So, so Tony throws the ball to his dad. The ball looks like it's going to come maybe two rows short of his dad. Okay. His dad supermans through human beings two rows down, lays out, and makes the catch. Come on. It was unbelievable. Gibbe's got it on video. <laughs> Have you and your dad talked about that? What an incredible oh, catch by him. What a great moment for you guys. And, and obviously, I know everybody was okay, so it was, it was all great, but incredible, right? Oh, absolutely. It brought back memories, actually. So when my dad t- took me to an arena football game when I was a lot younger, um, he did the same exact thing. One of the guys threw the ball in the uh, stands, and he wanted to make sure I got the ball, so he went and caught the ball. He has uh, athletic history, so I guess that helps Oh, no out. doubt. Listen, sign him up. I think he's still got some skills. That's incredible. incredible. It's like four rows. God bless him. Incredible. Man, that's awesome. Tony, you you know this is this this is a tough game, man. It's a tough game physically, it's a tough game mentally. Uh you gotta keep keep at it, keep at it. You're one of those guys who has. Uh to have the type of moment that you had yesterday, not just that, but the forced fumble, recovered fumble, everything else that happened for you in the game. Um at times were you ever like, Man, is this ever gonna happen? And then it really has happened for you. How satisfying was yesterday for you personally? I mean, it was very satisfying. I mean, it's been like you said, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication, but all in all, it's just a matter of sticking to the script and knowing that your time is coming. I mean, um, I play my role. I know my role on the Cleveland Browns. And when I need it and when I need it to step up, I'll step up. It's a team game. Football, it's 11 guys on the field at one time. I mean, we got 53 men on our roster on game day. So as long as everybody shows up and plays their all, I'm, that's how we get things done. You know, Tony, you're obviously so productive in college, all those 100 tackle seasons. And then you look at, you know, coming to the Browns, you know, a lot of people thought you'd be a will linebacker. And I think that's what you started at. But once everything happened, Taki moves the mic. They said, we, we need another Sam. And so you got an opportunity at the Sam linebacker position. And I'll go back to a play against the Buffalo Bills in Detroit where they ran it to their left, our defensive right. You set the edge. You blew up about two guys. Got forced them back in. I, th- I don't know if you made the tackle on the play, but you blew the play up basically on the edge, took on two blockers. You were fired up. Coach Tarver was fired up. And I felt like that play really kind of jump-started you. And you've earned more time since then. And then obviously in a game where the Browns needed the defense, you were out there making monstrous plays leading to, the, to uh, Denzel's touchdown, scoring a touchdown of your own. But was that play, did that stick out to you personally as well as one where you kind of started maybe to turn the corner or it was a, a proof-type play for you? Um, not, not more so a proof type play. I mean, Coach Tarver stresses about, uh, being ready. Everybody be ready, um, at all times. So he always told me that ever since I've gotten to the building, make sure you're ready. He told me to study every position. So that's what I was doing. I was just being a student of the game, waiting for my time to come in. I've been playing football all my life. So as soon as, yep. I, as, soon as I got my shot, I, just, I know my rules, know what I got to do and do what is best of me. Tony, how satisfying is it the way the defense played yesterday, the last couple of times out, really good against Cincinnati a couple of weeks ago as well. Uh, Last year, the defense came along late. It feels like you guys have some good momentum on that side of the ball this year as well. 
Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. You cut out a just, little bit. Sorry, man. Just the way that the defense has been playing of late. Uh, it was a unit that early in the year was maligned a little bit. It feels like you guys have that stuff sorted out now. How satisfying is it to have uh, a couple of good defensive performances stacked uh, and even the, the Cincinnati performance from a couple of weeks ago? That You're starting to see what this defense can be. How satisfying is that for you guys in the, in the group as, as a whole? Oh, this is great. I mean, as a defense, you want to force takeaways. You want to get to the ball. You want to uh, allow the offense as little yards as possible. And I feel like we're all in all coming together and playing all as one as a defense. And that's what you want to see. Tony, when's the last time you scored a touchdown? (laughs) In high school. Long time ago, man. Wow. So this is obviously what a moment for you. You said you had a celebration planned do you are you gonna give it? Will you give us a little peek behind the curtain, or are you gonna save that for your next defensive touchdown? I'm say I'm gonna save it for next time. There will be more, hopefully. So I'm gonna save it for next time. What's it been like in your room? What was the reaction of the guys who know how hard you work, and and you know Coach Tarver, Coach Bloom, who work with you all the time, and then knowing that another it's wild Anthony Walker Jacob Phillips now Taki who I love that guy I know everybody in that room loves him you know they go down there will be more opportunities for you but how happy were the guys your peers your coaches and I know that's what matters the most to you how happy were they for you and this performance that that helped get the Browns a much needed win it was all love and that's honestly what made me appreciate that moment so much more seeing how happy everybody was for me and even the coaches and everybody like Coach Woods and the offensive coaches, even coaches that you wouldn't expect to come up to you and that were extra excited and celebratory. So it actually felt real good. And you know the position room, they're all ecstatic. We actually talked about it in the first quarter, like we're going to get one in, in this room today. We're going to get an uh, interception in this room today. It happened to be me, but, I mean, we're all excited. We always try to stress takeaways, so. And you did do that. Walk us through, since it was the touchdown, and then the, I want you to walk us through the two plays. The forced fumble that leads to Denzel's touchdown and then your interception on the touchdown. Start with the, uh, the one near the goal line that, that really started to turn things around. Uh, forced fumble, man. Um, quarterback goes and tries to dive and get some extra couple yards, and he sticks the ball out a little bit. And, I mean, anybody knows that the quarterback dives with the ball. You've got to take a shot at the ball. you got to punch at it. So, I went in, took my shot. Between me and Taki, we got a little vice tackle on him, took our shot, and the ball came out. Yeah, it looked like a little left hand from you, a right hand from Taka, a deadly combination. And then Denzel gets to run it in, becoming the first Brown ever to have two fumble recovery touchdowns in the same season. And they couldn't have been, they couldn't have been uh, easier. One, just the ball's just in the end zone against Pittsburgh, and then Tony and Taki get it for this one. And then on the interception where you guys blew up that screen, what was that? What did you see? How would you diagnose it? And then when the ball was in the air, what was going through your mind? Oh, man. Um, I mean, we are trying to get to the quarterback, as you can see. It was me, Miles, and Chase. I mean, thanks to Chase for tipping the ball up, my guy. But um, we were all just trying to get to the quarterback, sack the quarterback. And once that ball's tipped, um, we stress some in our defensive room, tips and overthrows. We got to get those. So anytime in practice we see a ball tipped, we flow to the ball. So it's like common muscle memory now. So as soon as I see a ball tipped or it's falling on the ground, I try to uh, skip and get to the ball as fast as I can, be the first one to the ball. So it happened to work, and I was in the right place at the right time. Can you believe that that official tried to – the one guy was like, that was an incomplete pass? I mean, the ball went up off of a tip into the air, (laughs) and you caught it and ran it in. Unbelievable. Well, Tony, congratulations, man. So happy for you, and and there's more to come. There's going to be a lot more to come. Five more games starts with a big one down in Cincinnati. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me.
All right, Tony. Thanks, man. Great stuff out of him. I love seeing guys put in yeah. the work, put in the work, and then you have a day like that. And the, the dad catch is unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, folks, I hadn't until Gibby showed me. I don't know. Me. If I, hadn't seen I don't it. know if that has made it to the to the. Internet. It will. Uh, well, it should. It it's, should. It's a stunning display it's of athleticism, elite. and yeah. for and no no worries about one's own <laughs> health or others. Or it's just amazing. Yeah. So, I, I believe our video guys are the ones that got that. <laughs> oh, so when you asked a question, I thought it had gone viral. I'm like, no, I had, no, no. It, I knew he knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the rest <laughs> of us had to watch it. Like, I, I don't. Right I don't know that for sure. I'm trying to get okay. confirmation on that. But it's a hell of a catch. Yeah, we. I have a still photo of it. And yeah. I'm like, what am I looking at? And then the video came, and I'm like, oh, oh, it's him literally upside down in the stands. <laughs> Unreal. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> What's that? What do you got? Pick, pick up, pick up your phone right now. Oh my God! What do we got here? The Hoff. What is he doing? Oh my goodness! Oh my! Where is in he? In full cowboy regalia. Look I at his bolo. He's in Texas on a birthday week hunt. With, oh hunt my with the gosh! Boys. Look at him. Oh I like this character to the right that's with uh, him. It looks like a great compatriot for the Hoff. This guy? Yeah, yeah, that guy. I'm yeah, yeah, that guy. Kind of looks like a Wisconsin rougher Bradley Cooper. Kind of got that look to him. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. I love – this is unbelievable. Is he in a – he has a bolo tie. Yeah. He's in a denim – he's in a denim sn pearl snap. Look at the bolo – like, look at the bolo, though. I mean, the bolo, the bolo when is you a, zoom in on it, yeah, it's, it's in a, a stallion. Oh, my gosh. This is an elite crew of operators. This is incredible. Yeah, I need to know what airport in Texas. These are things that need to be sorted out. Um, we have a lot more to sort out from this one, of course. It is a victory Monday. It's unbelievable. What a moment. What a moment. Uh, you'll hear from Coach Stefanski, his presser, coming up next. You'll see Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. In an eye formation, Hairston, fullback, Pierce, tailback, Allen underneath center, on fourth down and goal, they motion to receiver right to left, here's Allen throwing left side, line incomplete! What a play, the Browns knocked the ball away, down by the goal line, it was belted away by Delpin at the goal line, and the ball goes over on downs. Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet, coming soon to Ohio, on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And the Bath Authority can give you that bathroom of your dreams in about a day. Why not transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience? Let the Bath Authority make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert and factory trained installers. You give them a call now at 216-220-8399. You get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Go to thebathauthority.com for more information. It's where affordability meets quality. Enormous selection of bath projects are all made right here in America. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. Now let's head to the podium and Kevin Stefanski from earlier today. You know, yesterday, very, very proud of our football team going on the road, getting a W, which we set out to do. Uh, so proud of the effort. Obviously, talking about the defensive scoring twice, special team scoring, was outstanding. Uh, so team effort. Um, and then we got to look for ways to improve. And, and we got to do that this week going on the road versus a division opponent, an opponent we know well, they know us well. Uh, so December football in your division, uh, looking forward to the challenge.
But with that, I'll take any questions. Coach, real quickly on Sione, what did, what did it mean to you guys to have him step up into a you know tough spot with other injuries and, and play at the level that he did? Yeah, you know, Tak's one of my favorites, uh, plays very, very physically, uh, loves this game, plays hard, great teammate. Uh, and like you mentioned, he was playing more for us than he had in the past. And his role had, had expanded because he earned it. Uh, was playing out of position, so to speak. We moved him to Mike Linebacker, and he was doing a really nice job. So, you know, disappointed for him, uh, but excited for what that's going to mean for some other guys stepping up. And also, I know what Sione's going to do with this rehab like he always does. He's going to attack it and, and be ready to go uh, next year. As far as Deshaun, I mean, I think understandable rust with the layoff. Um, Kevin, what can you guys do this week to kind of accelerate him getting back to to being the Deshaun Watson you need him to be? Yeah, I think kind of like we talked about yesterday, you know, that was the first one and, and the first one in, in a long time. So we knew that there was going to be a little bit of, of playing through that. And I think he gets that. He'll get more comfortable with, with the more game reps that he gets. Uh, and I think all those things that, that you look at offensively, all the things that you look at with Deshaun, they're all correctable. Hey, Kevin, staying on Deshaun. Um, the issues yesterday, especially the inaccuracy, I guess some of those low throws, like do you attribute all the issues to just the long layoff? Yeah, again, you know, I, I just think it's always getting back to the basics, uh, specifically for Deshaun. Yes, there's a long layoff, so there's certain things that will only come with more game reps and more practice, uh, and I expect that to happen. And, you know, I, I've, a lot of times coaches talk about the jump from week one to week two or year one to year two. Like, do you think it's reasonable to, to expect that he make a big jump and start number two? Yeah, you know, I don't want to put any type of expectations on it per se. Scott, I think it's important for us to go find a way to win. That's what we did yesterday. Going to go on the road against a really good opponent this week. We just got to find a way to win. Yeah, Coach, you know, you've been obviously stressing it. We've asked you all year about the takeaways, but I think you had eight all year and you had half that yesterday turned into 24 points. Does that just reinforce, you know, to the players how that single-handedly can be the difference in, in these games? Without a doubt, Fred. I mean, to go get four takeaways, to score twice on defense, obviously to score um, – on special teams to take the ball away on special teams. Th those are the type of things that, that you're always looking to do and that th those help you win ball games. Uh, and, and as you know, they seem to come in bunches. Uh, so we're always looking for multiple games where we can get multiple takeaways because it, it does, it really changes the complexion of these games. Hey, Kevin, I want to ask you about the offensive line too. Um, it, it seems like it's been out of sync a little bit uh, lately. And do you think, is that all because of the injury to, Ethan Posick, or what, what do you, how do you attribute that? Yeah, I, I mean, ran the ball effectively yesterday, uh, Jeff. So uh, I, I think, like you mentioned with Ethan's injury, got to, you know, Yelda's stepping up and, and doing a nice job for us. But I think week in and week out, you're going up against some very difficult fronts. And I think for us yesterday to uh, block how effectively as we did, it wasn't perfect. I had some really nice runs uh, mixed throughout, but it's always going to be a challenge when you're facing some of these fronts. Your return game really seems to have turned around these last uh, couple of weeks. And you know, obviously early in the season, we kept hammering you with questions about getting something there. Um, and you were really adamant about staying the course and, and that do you feel some semblance of maybe validation that your patience with that particular area of the game has paid off and now you're you're getting the, the dividends from that? I mean, no, <laughs> not looking for validation. I just think we're trying to be consistent 
and trying to get good special teams play. So uh, yesterday, Donovan did a great job getting vertical. The guys did a great job blocking, uh, and, and he ran away from people and, and did a really nice job. But uh, I think the big thing, Daryl, to your point, is we just got to play consistently. And, and in the special teams game, that's coverage and return phases. It's field goal, being able to, to be consistent there. I, I think that's what you saw yesterday. Hey, Kevin, when it comes to middle linebacker, is it not just as simple as saying Deion Jones has done that? He's the next guy up? Yeah, no, certainly. Deion's played for us, played at a high level at that position. Uh, we've had Jordan Karnazic's been in there. So we have options. Uh, we have guys that are going to be moving around potentially, but we'll uh, we'll make sure that we got a good plan going into this one. Did Brissett change the play at the line on his one play? No, well, I don't want to get into the specifics, but he, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Uh, yeah, speaking of Jacoby, and. Um... Deshaun, you know, complimented him yesterday for, you know, the invaluable help he was to him on the sidelines and all that. Uh, and obviously you used him for a snap because he's so well-versed in this offense. Do you envision, you know, maybe even a, a package of plays for him to, to be ready to give him, you know, something to do since he was so in sync with everybody on this team? Yeah, I, we'll see as, as we go forward, Mary Kay, each game, what that game calls for and what that game plan calls for. Uh, Jacoby was a huge, huge help yesterday. He was awesome on the sideline, like he always is, was a help to, I know, Deshaun, the, the rest of that offense. That's part of his role uh, in, in picking us up on the sideline. I thought he did a great job. The interception, did Deshaun, if you got a chance to watch it on tape or even talk to him, did he just think the safety was going to kind of clear out on the over? I know he had a hand in his face too. Just kind of what did you see there on that INT? Yeah, you just, I think biggest thing was we were late. And, and we were late because of a couple things uh, up front. So you got to learn from that one. If it's not clean, we got to find an incompletion on that play. All right, there's Coach Stefanski uh, from the availability earlier today. Uh, lots to get to. Yeah, we, we, uh, we had, it was so great to have Tony on, but a couple other uh, things from the win. We'll have Jim, the voice, joining us here in about 20 minutes from now. A um, couple other things in the win in terms of the way it went about it um, and coming out of it and going into Cincinnati. When you think about the way that we operated, what was there anything you thought we'd see more of? Because this is always going to, this whole thing's going to be about Deshaun. That's what it was yesterday. That's what it's going to be this week against Cincinnati. It's really what the rest of the season's about when you dug the hole that we dug. Uh, we want to win amidst it. You're still in the mix. Um, but in terms of us at our best with Watson, what will that look like? And what did it fail to do yesterday? Well, ultimately, it'll look like the best of what we saw with Jacoby Brissett in terms of, you know, that play action game, the run game. A lot of that will be similar, but then you're going to see, I think, more dynamic downfield passing. You're going to see more dynamic movement in and around the pocket from Deshaun Watson. You got a glimpse of that. He had a nice 11-yard scramble. Um, and you're going to see what you should see. I mean, let's not forget, this is the first time in his career that he has quarterbacked a game where the, his his offense did not score a touchdown. First time in his NFL career. It was the lowest quarterback rating of his NFL career. So it's only getting better from here. This is like, And you're going to see higher accuracies. The guy's a 70% passer for his career. And, yeah. you know, you'll see that. It just, the rust was real. It certainly affected him. And, you know, hopefully it will get better going forward. One thing that was, and it, the astute eye, I think, would pick it up. And I, my eye is not astute. It's meddling at best. Um, but there's an early play in the first or second drive where it was a give to Chubb and the backside so it was a give to the right Watson rolled and the backside linebacker stuck yeah that's the that's, that's the, difference. the difference yep that's it that 
that's a subtle thing. Yep. That's one last hat on Nick Chubb because they're worried about four. Well, and it opened up, if you notice, it opened up more cutback lanes because the backside yes. wasn't crashing down. So you had the room to put your foot in the ground yeah. and cut back, which Deshaun did. Um, I'm sorry, Nick Chubb did on a couple of our stretch type runs. So that changes it from our read option looks that changes it. And then you saw the one where he kept it. They called a penalty on, on Donovan Peoples Jones, which was a, some of the penalty calls yesterday I thought were atrocious. I thought the roughing honestly, the passer was atrocious. I thought the penalty on Chase Winovich was horrendous. Yeah, the guy was, was blocking crazy. him. Right. I thought it was one of the weirdest games I've ever seen. It was bizarre to say the very least. It was an absolutely strange game. The crazy interception with that John Johnson had early. Yep. Uh, we talked about the Fields one where they uh, they acted like it was in or that it, the ball was incomplete. That was very clearly never in. I mean, it was so obvious. I just don't understand he, why we. I don't know. It was ever within six feet of the ground. <laughs> no, it was because it went up and he caught it at like his head height. He's a six foot plus man. Yeah, yeah. It was strange. so bizarre. Yeah, very, I mean, very we had game. that's the first time in our franchise's history that we scored three non-offensive touchdowns in a game. Yeah, that's crazy. It's also, you know, one other thing too, folks. Like, do we know that Donovan Peoples-Jones can return punts? Yes, we know. Yeah. Did, did we think he would take it to the house? No, probably not. But we knew that he had that ability. Like, he's been sure. a sure-handed guy since he got here. That's never going to change. Also, and probably the reason, like I've heard a lot of people say, well, why hasn't he been returning punts all year? Because he's our he's one of our best receivers, and we're not real deep there. We are, and we cannot risk thin. We are razor thin now. Yeah. You cannot risk. At some point, you're almost like, fine, let's just catch it and go from there. Yep. Because it's not worth it for the risk for Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones right now is essential to what we do in the pass game. Essential. Yes. There's no margin for error anymore on it. So the notion of why has he been returning punts since week one? Because he's been essential since week one. And you can't risk that on a consistent basis. Uh, back yeah, to just, returning punts. He's like, already, you needed other people to step up. He's already set a career high in in catches, a career high in receiving yards for a season, was set this game on his first catch. And he's great in the run game. He had a couple penalties in this one. That certainly hurt him, but he's, he's excellent in the run game. So the reason – and look, back at, at Michigan, his freshman year, he was the Big Ten – he was like all Big Ten as a returner or all freshman team, whatever it was, but had some accolade as a returner. So it's something that he's done. And he, I talked to him uh, outside the buses after the game, and he told me that he got last week when he kind of got that – he had, I think, a couple 20-yard returns in that game. He said he started to get some confidence that, okay, maybe I can actually do some things. And he's – some you know returners are quick and shifty. He's more like a cribs in the sense that he's a bigger guy mm -hmm. who can run through you, and that's what he did. He broke a couple of tackles on that one, kept his balance, which was incredible, yeah. and he was gone. He got great downfield blocks from A.J. Green, from Dearness Johnson on that one uh, that sprung him. But that was great. It was great for Preef to see special teams come through. It's been a kind of an up, a mixed yeah. bag, uh, but you're certainly starting to see some things in the return game, some good punts, and then, you know, Cade York was steady. And when Cade York is good, it, it looks so effortless. Yeah. So it was good. That was good to see. Yeah, it was good to see. It was good to see the defense have the bounce back that it did. That Texans operation is wildly incompetent at the moment. Yeah, um, they are. You know, you know, we've we've lived this. We know what it's like to do that. They're, you know, you go one nine and one. It feels like they're going to go what one fifteen and one. It seems like they're kind of destined to that. Not much better than that, if any. Um, and what was the what was kind of the environment? I saw some people tweeting videos of or images of like the uh, the parking lots and stuff being largely empty did it was it 
There was nobody there. It was bizarre. So even at kick? What would you guess, Gibbe? 20,000? Come on. At an NFL even, game? Even, like, there's still five weeks to go. Mm-hmm. I could understand, like, if it's the last game of the year yeah. and you're right in the middle of the holidays and people are just like, you're awful and I'm not going to give you a penny. Like, it. like, this was unheard of. I took a picture an hour before kick at the main parking lot across oh, the street. Oh, that's the one I saw then. That's the one I'm referencing. It was like 12 cars. cars. Yeah. It was one of the lightest attended games I've ever seen in my life. Like, is twenty even, crazy? Even when we had our struggles, we were yeah. getting thirty-five to forty thousand. Yeah, yeah. The, it's... The, this stadium was empty. The entire upper deck, you could count, and the, the club level, the upper deck. and the club level, it and the was... bottom was not totally full. I'm telling you, it was. So we went online and looked. Two hours before kick, you could get a ticket just to get in the door for 20 bucks. You could sit in the lower bowl in the first 20 rows around the entire stadium for 50 bucks. Wow. What was the breakdown on fan? How many did we have? A lot. Yeah. A lot. It was pretty cool at the end when Deshaun came off the field because he had to do a couple TV interviews and post game. And then he's walking up. I mean, there were. There were a couple hundred fans around the tunnel, uh, the Browns tunnel. Yeah. It it felt like it was not quite 50-50, but close to it. And and the te- a lot of Texans fans, and there were some boos for Deshaun, I think. And I don't you could it, hear it on the on – the, honestly, that's what – so this is what makes it a little surprising to me because on the television, that seemed louder. So, so I wondered I, if it I'm, was amplified. I'm going to say this. I Actually, I told Connor that. It was almost like they were piping in That's what it felt like. Booze. I mean, it felt like – because I would never have known there were 20-some thousand there. I would have thought it was full because the boos were loud. Here's thought, the thing geez. that was odd is that in the pregame – when he took the field in the pregame, there were not a lot of people there. It sounded loud. I think that's the acoustics of that building. And it was all cheers. Mm-hmm. All. There are yeah. a lot of Texans Watson jerseys in the in the crowd. So I, I don't – usually you can kind of feel or hear like that it's artificial, but it was certainly louder than what it appeared was happening out there. And it was did not make sense with anything that happened pregame. Pregame he was yeah. not booed. So it felt like the television, for me at least, the television product made it seem like it was pretty close to full, oh, God. and that it was. And, and it's probably their usual their usual game presentation where they're going to pipe in the uh, in the crowd noise. Like maybe it was already there because that's what it would be for any other game. It's one of the. I think it's one of the. It's crazy because it's a. It's one of the bigger markets in the league. It's a, obviously a monster city. Um, it's a football crazy town and state and all of that. And it just feels like aside from like this window where they had Watson and Watt and Clowney and Matthew and Hopkins, there was this one window. Now they had the, uh, the Johnson window earlier and they drafted Carr right they, away. Number one overall, but it feels like they are kind of always been like in the team, just a generic the up top were they had, yeah. they once they won the division six times in the teens. Yeah. But I just don't six but, times. I couldn't believe that. I was stunned. Well, like, Six times. That's when Manning, but that's Watson. For some of that's Watson. Two of them. Yeah. So and it's JJ Watt. Yeah. It's, it's Watt and those guys. Yeah. And who's the quarterback? Schaub. Schaub. Yeah. But I mean, it, they never felt like 
I just don't know if they've ever grown outside of like this little window. Yeah. Like they've never had like a transcendent player who crossed over. You know, like Carolina had Cam Newton. Yep. You know, they've had some guys who have crossed over. To me, they feel almost like Jacksonville, where it's like if you're not from that town, nobody cares beyond it. It feels kind of like that's where it is. It's a really interesting one when you think they've been there almost 20 years. And it's one of those things where, you know, they didn't get the benefit that we did, where we got to keep the history. We got to keep the nostalgia. They didn't. So they had to start from scratch, and it just – I can understand why there'd be a ton of Watson fans. He's probably provided them the best experiences they've had as a Texans that, fan. That dome yeah. is so big. It's a monster. Like, it's great. It's, like, Detroit yeah. – Detroit is a smaller seating capacity. Yeah. Houston is like – how many people from the state of Texas can we fit inside that stadium? Everything's bigger in Texas. Which is fine, except when you suck, Yeah, it, it's really noticeable. And it was it's yeah. not a great stadium anyways. I like it. Okay. Get a well, little ambient light in it. It's probably. not Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota no, is I think the, the gold key, standard. From a logistic standpoint, it's a pain for us. Yeah. <laughs> I think probably what everybody learned from Minnesota is natural. the more natural light, the better. Yep. That gives you that feel. Yep. that you're looking for. So if, if for people who are going to do those types of things, that's probably the way that you do it. Hey, Browns fans, skip the chore of laundry. Enjoy life, not laundry. Tide Cleaners offering 30% off dry cleaning for the month of November. Just mention the promo code Browns. Visit TideCleaners.com to find the closest location to you. Some exclusions may apply. The Voice coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by BallyBet, coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. on the punt. Donovan Peoples-Jones back and back and catches and he's 25. Now where's he going to go? Cuts right. Out of a tackle. Out of another tackle. 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. He's down the sideline. 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. He's gone. Touchdown Donovan Peoples-Jones. And on one hit, the Browns take the lead. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. And now we head out on the Twisted Tea Hotline, brought to you by Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea, an official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted, Cleveland. He is the voice of your Cleveland Browns, the great. Well, he's got another accolade Uh as well now. The president, the newly minted president of the referee Land Clark Fan Club, (laughs) the one and only Jim Donovan. Thank you, thank you very much. Our first meeting, incidentally, is this Friday. We're going to have a box lunch. <laughs> Jim, I'm going to get to the ponies in a second because that's tradition. I don't want to break tradition. The call, the Tony Fields interception was just unbelievable. What are we looking at, guys? Like the ball had never even got close to the field. It was crazy. Well, first of all, Bo, um, as Nathan can attest to, uh, we were up in heaven yesterday. We missed hell and purgatory, but we were in heaven yesterday by the how far we were away from the game. Uh, and we yeah. could definitely see that, that the ball was deflected. Uh, that guy was five feet from where the play happened, and he clearly calls incomplete pass until it's turned around. I mean, that was one of many strange moments yesterday. 
Is it the highest press box in the league, Jim? It's or no, it's, it's in the vicinity? It's got to be. I we're think on the it is floor. because we I have to, yeah, we were on the eighth floor. Uh, and I have to tell you, now, a couple of weeks ago, when the snow game for Buffalo, when we were in Detroit, we were up pretty high, but it was terrific. I mean, it really was a great sideline. I mean, I thought it was perfect. Uh, yeah. This was really high. I know they do things big in Texas, and, and they ain't kidding. I'll tell you when they built that place. No, it was – and the other thing that was so hard about it was it was impossible to see the numbers on the Texans' uniforms from how far away we were because it was a oh, dark really? navy oh. jersey with a dark red number. Oh, why did yeah. I do that? And you I hate that. couldn't see at yeah. all from, from our vantage point. But, yeah, tough day for the officials. Obviously, Land Clark, uh, we don't need to see him anytime soon. But, Jim, we've talked about it. One of the strangest games. Obviously, you went there to get a win. You did that but certainly yeah. not in the way in which anybody thought a bizarre game from start to finish for the Browns. What did you think? Now that you've had a day to kind of process it, what do you think? Well, I was just listening to it, as a matter of fact, uh, and you're absolutely right. You know, a long, long time ago, I'll tell you this quick story. Uh, my first year uh, of being able to do football games on NBC at the beginning of the season, before the start of the preseason, NBC would gather all the announcers in New York, and they'd have like a boot camp, like a training camp. And I remember just sitting beside Dick Enberg one day at lunch in between sessions, and he said to me, let me give you a piece of advice. Go into every game, and you can always expect that something really out of the norm can happen. And sometimes, you know, it will seem that NFL games follow a pattern, but you always have to be ready for something just completely bizarre to happen. And I say to myself yesterday, God bless Dick Enberg. He's right. Everything did happen, <laughs> and it happened in one afternoon. Yeah, Jim, I, I think we've kind of led the show with this. I, It can be – first of all, it's so great to learn amidst winning, right? That makes everything yes. a lot right. better, and, and we certainly take all of them. And it can also be true that what you were hoping to see out of Deshaun, however naive that may have been after 700 games without playing a real game – uh, that this fell a little bit short of that. What did you see from him just in terms of the way he went out of business, nerviness, that type of stuff? Yeah, you know what I thought? I think, Bo, uh, the thing uh, that I saw, and, and as I kind of sat back this morning and kind of reflected back on it, like what was going on, um, I think he wanted to play fast because that's the way he plays. Um, but I also found that he seemed very hesitant about what he wanted to do when he was in the pocket. Um, you know, it just seemed as though he was he was in between gears. Like, do I run it? Uh, do I roll out here? Do I yep. show like I'm going to run, which he did, and maybe I'm going to throw the pass? And a couple of times it looked like even Browns players that were on that sideline, hugging that particular edge sideline, were a little bit shocked and surprised. They didn't know what he was going to do. So I just think, and as the afternoon went along, uh, he just seemed to be – uh, not happy feet in the pocket, but he had he had like red hot feet in the pocket. Like his feet were on walking on coals because he was just all over the place. And I'm wondering if that was a problem that led to some of the throws mechanically, you know, falling down, going low and things like that, because he was just coming apart a little bit. So he's got to find his gear and I'm sure he will. Um, but I thought he made the best statement post game that was so applicable to what happened yesterday when he said, I felt every one of those 700 days that I have not played in a regular season game, each and every one of them. And I definitely could see it, and I'm sure everybody else could. Uh, we all saw it too. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things, Bo and I were talking earlier, and we we talked about during the broadcast even briefly, something as simple as how you take your steps, how you mm-hmm. do your dropbacks. You know, and one thing in practice, when you know you're not going to hit, get hit, you can kind of do it at a leisurely pace, and it'll probably be consistent. But you noted on one, he kind of sprinted to the top of his dropback about eight yards behind the line of scrimmage, it felt like. And, you know, it, that wasn't consistent. So it, that affects your timing. That affects your rhythm, all of those things. And so I think it's – Part of it's feeling all of that out. And di- didn't you think the dropbacks were an interesting, when you just isolate those, those were even interesting to watch and not what you've ever really seen from Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think that we've seen, and certainly last week in the buildup to the game, you would go back and you would, you know, see video of his heydays and his glory days, and there were glory days in Houston, and you would watch him perform. And then you just fast forward it in your in your mind and your imagination, okay, that's what's that's what it's going to be like this Sunday, um, and it wasn't, and it fell short of that. But you know, logically, so I think that you know, Bo, you you hit it right on the right on the nose when you said we were probably all very naive to think that after 700 days, it was just going to be pick up, ready, set, I'm ready to go, and it's going to be just like it was when I was having a big year my last year in Houston. It's just not feasible that that's going to happen, and it didn't happen, and it's going to take some time. And I would predict he will be better this week in Cincinnati uh, than he was yesterday. And, of course, he'll need to be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he will be if you watch them uh, yesterday afternoon as they took care of Kansas City. Yeah, Jim, that's the the thing that is interesting, too, is – and Nathan and I discussed this earlier in the show – He's going to have to be so much better in Cincinnati. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Um, It was almost, to to us, it almost felt like maybe the second half could have been kind of viewed as almost as an exhibition game. Uh, We we obviously were run heavy in the second half. Would you have liked to see Kevin throw it a little bit more? I use this thing with Ohio State when they they have it humming, like offensively, bing, bong, bong, like right down the field. It just felt like you wanted one of those drives from Watson so you could be like, okay, this is what we are. Now, Now let's go play Cincinnati. Absolutely. That, that's what you were yeah. looking for. I thought we had it just before he threw the interception, and then he threw the interception in the end zone. I thought that, you know, I think that would have really kind of smoothed everything out. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, you know, I just think that as the day went along, the one thing I worried about, guys, uh, and Nathan, you and I were talking about it during a commercial break, but when that got to be a six-point lead, uh, you know, a one-score game and, and less than a touchdown with an extra point tacked on, I was concerned that the Texans might get a little hot uh, and go down and score. And if we fell behind in the game, I was concerned that he was going to be able to drive them down the field, even to get them into field goal range, never mind a touchdown, to try and win the game. I don't know if he had the capacity to do that yesterday because as the game went along, we were so one-dimensional because yeah. of the struggles he was having, uh, that we were all run. And, and I didn't know if we could do that. So the fact that we were able to take care of business defensively with turnovers, obviously special teams, recovering a fumble and that glorious uh, punt return by uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, then everything was okay. Once they expanded the, the lead, then you knew you were going to get out of there with what you went down there to do, which was to win the game. Um, but it is, this is going to be very different on Sunday in Cincinnati. 
Yeah, you're not going to have the opportunity to, to have those lulls. If we play offensive football like that, you know, we will be beaten, and the Bengals are very good. Now, for Watson, first time in his career, he's been the quarterback of a team that didn't score an offensive touchdown, lowest quarterback rating of his career. So, as we said, there's only one way to go, which is up for him. But let's talk about that defense, and this is not a good offense uh, of the Houston Texans. They were without no. Brandon Cooks. They, they were not good. But our defense, yes, a fortuitous bounce, you would say, on the John Johnson interception. But other than that, they did a great job. Jim, what stood out to you about the performance defensively in this one? Well, you know, Nathan, uh, the last two weeks, I'll, I'll even include the Tampa Bay game the week before, um, it might get run on a little bit early, which they did in the first series in Tampa Bay. And yep. the kid Pierce got going a little bit yesterday, you know, on his first carry, on his first couple of carries. But then we're shutting it off. We're shutting it down, and I really think we clog it up very, very well. I thought – so I think – if you say to yourself, all right, it's mandatory that you stop the run. You have to do that. That's the first commandment to winning defensively in the NFL. I think we're starting to do that much better than obviously the Miami game, you know, what happened down there and, you know, what happened uh, in the other games that really had us worried about the Browns defense. We're playing the run so much better. And whereas we did not get sacks yesterday, we did get great pressure that forced Aaron throws. So there is a different – there's a different way to win yesterday, and there, there are also different ways to play really good defense. It's not always about the sacks. It's pressure and what pressure leads to, and I think it led to high errant throws, you know, tip yeah. balls, getting your hands up. All the good things really started to come into to play, and I, and I really do believe that probably even since the Baltimore game in Baltimore, overall, they've played better defense. It's kind of like last year when they really started to get it at the end of the year. Plus, the other thing was, there were more people playing yesterday. I mean, you know, Winovich played yesterday. You know, Perrion Winfrey's playing more. Tony Fields is playing more, and deservedly so. And, you know, and the kid Emerson, I mean, he's been playing great since he walked on the field in July. So, I mean, you know, there are good signs here defensively. That, that's how I think they played. Well, they'll need all of that uh, this Sunday down in Cincinnati. That team's as good as any in the league. Uh, beat Kansas City yesterday, uh, Burrow, Watson. I mean, I, I always kind of felt like in the back of my head that Burrow being this good this quick kind of forced yeah. this organization to say, hey, this ain't going to be it uh, with Baker Mayfield. Right. Incidentally, was cut today by Carolina. Um, and then, and you had to get better in a hurry. They did with Watson, and now you get your first look at what should be a five- to ten-year run of these two quarterbacks going head-to-head. -head. Yeah, you know, the other thing, Bo, is that, uh, and I know it was baby steps, yesterday for Deshaun Watson okay but there still is that fire in that guy that has made him a great player at every level you know high school college and in the NFL and you just say to yourself um that he's going up he realizes who he's going up against next week he touched on that yesterday during mm -hmm. his post-game press conference um and you know I somehow say to myself a guy like that will say to himself hey listen I'm gonna drive myself athletically and within uh, Kevin Stefanski's offense to make sure that I'm better. And a guy that has fire like that, that goes along with the talent like that, you know, I'm not going to sell him short that he is going to play better and he, that he'll be charged up to play against that team. And definitely, even though you're not individually going up against Joe Burrow, in many ways you are going up against Joe Burrow because it's going to be a natural comparison. I would feel that he would really be ready to play. You know, going to that game, 
and tap into every athletic gene he has. And that's quite a pool of genes, I think, to really come up with a performance. <laughs> it will be. And I think there's – I'm optimistic that David Njoku will be able to be back for the Browns yeah. in this game against the Bengals, which would be huge because, Jim, yeah. we talked about this yesterday. David Bell gets hurt. Schwartz fumbles, and it seemed like he was benched at that point. Now he ultimately gets hurt and is in the concussion protocol. Demetric Felton, because Mike Woods was inactive, was on the field a ton yesterday and did right. not really – I don't think he recorded a stat. There was one pass attempted in his direction, which was one of the ones Watson threw down into the ground. But we need to get somebody else involved in the game beyond just Cooper or Donovan Peoples-Jones via the air. So getting David Njoku back, I think in many ways he is your you know number two – number three receiver along with Donovan Peoples-Jones, that will be, that'll be a massive return, I think. Yeah, and I think even going into the whole thing, uh, we said, you know, who will benefit from a Deshaun Watson quarterback team? Uh, really, probably at the top of the list would be a guy like David Njoku. Um, yep. And I, yeah, I, def I agree with you, Nathan. You definitely have to, you're going to need more targets. You're going to need more people. And you have to be able to get them involved in the game because it opens up everything. I mean, one thing leads to another. It's like, you know, one hand leads to the other hand working. The running game can help the passing game, but the passing game can help the running game too yesterday. The main thing is you just cannot be as one-dimensional in the, in the game like yes. they became yesterday. And yet they were able to walk out of there with a win. And that's what mattered, and it was because defense, special teams, Tony Field, Jordan Kanashik, guys like that making plays for this team. Right. You know, one of the things we've talked about all year was special teams had kind of let us down, and it feels like the last couple of weeks, you know, last week DPJ gets some nice returns. Ford has a nice return. Bajorquez pins them back deep uh, with a punt that ended up being critical at the end of the fourth quarter, allowing us to get the ball back. And then yesterday there was the one bad coverage on the, the punt after the safety or the kick, quote-unquote, kickoff after the safety. Uh, where King got a 50-yard return. But other than that, it felt like our returns were great. DPJ, obviously, with the huge one. Bajorquez punted very well four times inside the 20 and pinned them back deep, which led to a touchdown. And, and he also had Cade York. And some of the kickoffs were a little wonky, but when his field goals are good, Jim, it looks so easy. And I think we're going to need special teams in defense. We're going to need all three right. phases if we want to go 5-0, and which I think we're going to have to do here to get into the playoffs. Yeah, you're right, and uh, it's good to get him going, and it's good to also not see him having to live at 58, 60, 61. Yes. You know, let's get him Let's get him in a little bit. I mean, it's great to watch him. It's, hey, it's great in pregame to go, ooh, and ah, look at him. I mean, you know, but really, <laughs> let, let's get him into, you know, like 35 and 40 and 43 like he was yesterday because I think he really will become, you know, automatic. And, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I commend them for really being a thousand percent behind him uh even you know during a rookie year that's had a couple of hiccups uh and i think he's i think he's learning and i think he's definitely learning and probably still going to have to educate himself on how to kick in his own stadium uh because it's a very very wow. different turf and very different uh weather down there and, and atmosphere down there but yeah you're right uh, i think everything kind of fit uh special teams wise coming around and it's good because Really, for many, many chunks of the season, when they had to punt or they had to, you know, let's cover a kick or cover a punt, you really held your breath a lot because there were so many things that were stacking up that were negative. Now we're turning it around the other way. We're making some positive things on special teams. And then you can see how it all fits into the equation of the three phases of the game. 
Well, we'll get you out of here on this one, sir. Uh, the ponies, uh, we got blankets on them. Do we have the hay in the barn? Do we have do we have plenty of oats we stocked up? <laughs> All very good questions and applicable to what went on today. Uh, they yep. were out with blankets. Uh, yep. Then I brought them in and took the blankets off because, you know, we're kind of in the 40s, and they love that. They like the blankets when it's windy. Uh, they like to shed them when it's, uh, when it's sunny and in the 40s. So they're without blankets. Hayloft okay. is stacked. Barn is decorated, awaiting oh. the three kings, Mary, Joseph, and I believe the Christ child is going to be here on December 25th. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Let's go. Barn Let's is decorated go. and ready to go. God bless you. God bless the ponies, Jim. Great. Thank you for your time today, sir. So long from my little Bethlehem. You got it. Right, that's yeah. <laughs> the great Jim Donovan joining uh, us legend. Uh, on the Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea Hotline, official sponsor of your Cleveland Browns. Keep it twisted. He's the best. There's nothing quite like tailgating touchdowns and Twisted Tea. Tastes just like real iced tea. You know why? Because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, 5% kick of alcohol. It's thirst down and goal. Twisted Tea, Hard Ice Tea. Keep it twisted. We'll give out some game balls coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily. On, brought to you by Ballybet on 850 ESPN Cleveland. on the punt. Donovan Peoples-Jones back and back and catches and he's 25. Now where's he going to go? Cuts right. Out of a tackle. Out of another tackle. 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. He's down the sideline. 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. He's gone. Touchdown Donovan Peoples-Jones. And on one hit, the Browns take the lead. The Browns. Visit browns.com slash milkbone to enter. Then visit your local Meyer to check out all the variety of milkbone dog treats. Time for some game balls. Let's start on the offensive side. Dr. Z, who do you got? Well, I'm going to give it to Donovan Peoples-Jones, but not for anything he did on offense, but for his 76-yard punt return that changed things around for the Cleveland Browns. I thought that was incredible, a great play for him, and, and he's just blossomed so much in his third season. Yeah. What a – one of the best draft picks, honestly, of this regime, when you think about it, is a six-rounder. Six rounder, the fact that he is a 100% legit starting caliber NFL wide receiver, a good number two for this team, does everything the right way, and and I was thrilled for him personally. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm going to give it to Joel Batonio for just being Joel Batonio yeah. and being a legend all the time because there wasn't a whole lot that caught my eye. Nick was really solid. I will say the thing that I was really pleased with and made me happy was the way Kareem ran it because I hadn't seen that for it felt like about a month and a half. Um, and he was a one-stop, foot-in-ground, violent uphill runner, which it was good to see again because you're going to need, yeah. to your point earlier, you're going to need all of that, especially if we continue to be this batter at receiver. You need all of that to try to beat Cincinnati on Sunday. So I was happy to see that. Agreed. I like that. Um, one player on defense, Tony Fields is the guy. I mean, Yeah, you got to go Tony Fields. I'll go uh... – I'll go Greg Newsom. I thought Greg was all over the field yesterday. I thought that he played very well. Miles is obviously every week, you know, leads the team in pressures. Winovich, I thought, played very well in mm -hmm. his snaps. Um, but you're going to go Tony Fields. I'm going to go uh, – you know, actually, I'm going to change my mind. Greg was great. I'm going to give it to Sione Takitaki. God bless him. Last time we're going to get to talk about him this season as a player for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, led the team in tackles in this game. He is a heart and soul type of guy, and and I love him. And I really hope that he is 
provided a contract to stay here with the Cleveland Browns for a long time. Denzel, I thought, had his best game in a long time as well. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'll give it it's to, Taki, to come. Taki then. Yeah, It's starting to come a little bit. Winovich now getting more active in there. Remember, that's what he was signed yes. to be. Yes. Uh, Emerson, Newsom, Denzel cooking a little bit. John Johnson, right place, right time. Great presence. Yeah. To feed in. That was good to see. Um, so you're starting to see that defense come along. But Fields is, is probably the right answer with you know just a superhuman performance and the one out of his dad as well. Um, one wild card. You got a wild card game ball for this one? I'll go Preef. It's been a tough year for him. And I'll go Joe Woods. His group. Yeah, both those same guys. thought, yeah. same vein, same same up. You know, it's been tough. Those those guys are pros. They're really good at their jobs. Not all everything has worked the way that they wanted all season long, um, but in in this one it did. So good job for yep. both of those guys. Uh, the college football over the weekend was was pretty bonkers. By Friday, you knew Ohio State was going to be in. By the time USC lost yeah, on Friday night, nuts. which was crazy, um, I thought USC would beat Utah, but they got bludgeoned. Mister Zagura, how about Saban? Going on Fox during the Big Ten championship game and lobby and lobbying to get his team in. First of all, isn't that some violation of the SEC's <laughs> deal with CBS? Saban, no, Saban absolutely usurps anything uh, that the SEC does. He answers okay. to no, no man or nor nor enti- no entity. Um, there was, was a crazy. very funny thing that I saw uh, from a guy that I like reading in college football. Brandon Marcello is his name. He works for 24-7 Sports. And he tweeted out, there's a good chance that if you host a college football podcast on Saturday night, Nick Saban will come on it. Like he was that eager to try to spread propaganda to get his team in. Um, they had two losses, and that's just two more. You just can't have two. Everybody else had one, and so all the teams with one loss got in. In the old days with the BCS, it would have been – the right way, which would have been Georgia and Michigan. They're both undefeated, and you would have got to see those two play. Um, instead, the two one-loss teams get in. I, the only thing that I got wrong is I, I really thought that they would reward Georgia by giving them TCU and have Ohio State and Michigan play out in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, I thought that the rewarding of the number one team is what they would have done, and what they did is they went most deserving. TCU is a more deserving number three. They beat everybody that they, was on their schedule, um, including Kansas State, who they lost to in kind of a, a little bit of a weird way in the conference championship game. Um, so I thought that they would have awarded Georgia more than an easier more than more, an easier path, and and so that's the best, most deserving conversation. TCU is the most deserving number three. They're more deserving than Ohio State is the three. But Ohio, everybody knows, if you were to ask Georgia, who's the one team that you would be most leery about, it's Ohio it State. would be Ohio State yeah. because they recruit the same type of players. Ohio State's got a pro quarterback and pro receivers, and they haven't had to deal with a lot of that at Georgia this year. Georgia, on the other side, from the Buckeye side of this, they're basically Michigan on steroids. They're just bigger, stronger, faster, better Michigan. So it's a tough, tough matchup for Ohio State. Yeah, who's struggled with Michigan, obviously. Yeah. I wonder if they factor in the fact that there is conclusive evidence that TCU scored. Well, there was that too, and that was like I mean, as if to say, all right, yeah, they lost, but was, they won. That was so stupefying that they didn't get that right. And then what was it's just insane? It's insane. And the other thing that was just as insane was that Sonny Dykes decided to hand it off five yards behind the line of scrimmage when no one had tackled that quarterback. Also crazy. Just sneak it. You were, it wasn't first and goal from the one. It was first and goal from about eighteen inches. Go ahead, give it. From ESPN, it's Pete Thamel. Yep, Pete. Jackson Smith and Jigba tells ESPN he is declaring for the NFL draft, will not compete in the CFP. I was unable to come back on multiple occasions during the season. Doctors determined I would be unable to participate in the playoffs. Ryan Day 
I want to thank Jackson for all he's done for our Ohio State program. He has had such a major impact here in Columbus on and off the field in a relatively relatively short period of time. It's really just one season. He played two last year. He broke the Ohio State single-season receiving record and broke the Rose Bowl all-time reception yardage record. He was the number one quarterback receiver in the draft, if not for the injury. Uh, The difference, though, compared to like him and even Nick Bosa, who did a similar thing, there isn't that much film on him and his explosiveness like there was on Jamar Chase, who sat out and still went really high, or Micah Parsons, who went really high. Those are the last two guys. Like his coming out party was the Rose Bowl. Am I correct on that? Well, he was good all year. He was was in the slot. So they had, they put Wilson and uh, they put uh, Garrett Wilson Olave on the edges and they put in in the slot. And so he just feasted because all the attention was out there. So I want to say he had 1,200 yards before the Rose Bowl, and then he had a 300-yard Rose Bowl game. And then that put him over How did that the team record. lose to anybody? They lost to Michigan. They got bullied. But it was the first – the Rose they Bowl – lost to Oregon who bullied The Rose Bowl was the first game that – because Wilson and Olave didn't play in that game. No, that was when he was the guy. Yeah. And Harrison yeah, caught three touchdowns in that game yeah. as a true freshman. Yeah, so that was definitely his. Oh, boy. And then – they rushed him back. He should not have played in the Iowa game. Then they denied that he was hurt in the Iowa game, which was nonsense. You could tell that it was done. Um, and my guess is he just doesn't have trust to want to risk it again. So you think he can't play? I think he could play, but I think he doesn't want to risk what happened to him in the Iowa game where he re-aggravated an injury far worse than it was originally injured. That's what happened. Yeah. He played too damn soon. Yeah, he, he he's his eye he is got on hurt the in the Notre Dame game. He shouldn't have played again until – Penn State at the end of October at the earliest, and instead he came back early, and that was of his choosing against Iowa. And I mean, it I sucks know, for them. Like they have a chance for a national championship. It's different. If they were just going to a regular bowl game, forget buddy, it. Like the Alabama guys should not be playing in those bowl games. No. None of them should. The college football is on its head. There's 700 kids entered the transfer portal today, including the starting quarterback at Clemson, the starting guard at Alabama. Like all of this is happening today. They're basically saying, what can you pay me? Three-year starting quarterback at NC State. Like, all these guys are in the portal. What can you pay me to incentivize you to come? That happened today. I mean, it's chaos. What do you think is going to happen in Colorado? What do you think of his speech? All right, Bride. so two things I've never seen in my – so first of all, that was that was my go-to school. That's where I was going to go to college. Uh, I didn't. I stayed. Would have been a hell I, of an experience. I would have uh, loved yeah. it. I stayed in Montana for a girl. It lasted a month. That's a story for another day. Sad. <laughs> Love CU. My dream school. It's gorgeous. It's all those things. If you can win a Pac-12 championship at Utah, you can damn sure win one at Colorado. No doubt. So it's it's more attractive than Utah is for a lot of reasons. It is also way out of what I thought Deion Sanders' comfort zone would be. Um, this is a guy who's from Fort Myers, who played at Florida State. His most He played the one supreme year with the 49ers, but most of it, and, and with the Ravens at the end, and Washington as well. But mostly, he is a Southern guy. He's a cowboy, a falcon. After his playing career, lives in Dallas. Like he identifies with the culture. There's a different culture in the South than there is out West, um, and so that's going to be a major adjustment from that standpoint for him. I'm surprised that he went there. Um, leads me to believe there weren't maybe better opportunities. Like for example, like to me now that Louisville's open, that would have made more sense for him to go to Louisville than Colorado. Um, but two other things happened yesterday that I've never seen before. So the athletic director at Colorado is interviewed. Someone asks him, "Do you, how did you get the money for this? We don't have it. He goes, it. I don't, but I'm confident that we will. Come again? Yep, that was stupefying. Yep. Are you kidding me? 
And then the other thing that was happening, people didn't realize it right away. Dion gives a seven-minute speech to the current Colorado players. It's seven minutes long. And in the beginning, it's really aspirational. And it's like, this is what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to handle this. We're going to do this. We're going to get better. Accountability. Da, 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 da. And then at the end, he says, I'm coming, and I'm bringing my luggage, and it's Louie. In yep. other words, I'm bringing my players with me to Colorado. And then he tells the kids who are at Colorado – and there's, the there's people who have not told spoken truth to you. You've let your parents down, this alumni bound. You've let the student body down. Get in the portal because I got guys coming in here. Says it to him. Yeah. Then after that, yes. gets him to chant. Yes. He goes, you know why they're coming? Because they're smart. Say it. They go, smart, tough. And he goes, tough. tough. He gets them to chant their replacement's characteristics while telling them, hit the bricks, Jack. Yeah. That happened. It was insane insane that all happened yesterday now from what i've talked to several people in i'm bringing football, my luggage and, and it's louie and it's louie i thought that was bizarre he's at the press conference he goes that's your quarterback shadur his kid who's coming that's your quarterback travis hunter who was that number one recruit corner he's coming but he goes that's your quarter he's gonna have to earn it i'm like yeah i'm sure but he's a good player um it's nuts it's absolute nuts will is it gonna you... work at this level yes one yeah, it will because of transfer portal and nil He's going to have built-in deals with Barstool. The only thing that's yeah. crazy is Colorado's a Nike school. So, like, are, and he's a Under Armour guy. So, is he going to be able to finagle that? Because he was able to finagle Under Armour contracts for his players at Jackson State. I don't know if he'll be able to do that at Colorado because unless they can get out of that Nike deal. I mean, wouldn't Nike be more than happy to have Deion Sanders? Well, they had a pre-existing – I mean, he was Nike. He was a Nike yeah. guy. But he's been with Under Armour for a while now. So, I don't know how that – I'm sure Nike would love to have him, but I don't know if he wants to be back in business with them. He might like his share. Right. Price Under right. Armour, but he might have a contract. I mean, yeah. it's just messier than than you might think. Uh, it's crazy. One thought from you: It's on ACC Network. I don't even know where you can get the ACC Network or how you can get it. Sure. Tonight at seven, the legend of Charlie Ward. Your thoughts? Did you cover him? No, I'm not that old, Gibby. <laughs> he what? Was from- He's Wait, 93. Tra- He's 93. Yeah, yeah. Was early like 90. Yeah. Charlie Ward like and Bob Sura. Yeah, that's I early 90s. No, no, no. Wanky, I missed the end of Wanky. Gotcha. I got there right after Wanky left. He, um, Charlie Ward was probably um, – he's for, largely forgotten because he was basically an NBA role player who yes. made a lot of money being Knicks. a role player in the NBA on really good Nick teams. Yeah. Like, yeah. In the finals, like he was a bench guy. He would start sometimes at some threes. Really solid player. He was probably he's probably the best example of if the NFL thought then the way they thought now he would have probably been a star in the league because he possessed all the traits. It's just they ran a fast break offense with Mark Rick, the former Georgia coach, was the office coordinator, and Brad Scott, who's South Carolina. Everything was out of the gun. Everything was four wide. Everything was fast. It was call it at the line, go 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 go. And in that, in those years, the NFL didn't want well, you quarterbacks pro to style. do that. That's not pro style. No, and also at that point, and it's just the facts he was of it. Small. The N- he was six three. Was he? Yeah, he's six two, six three. Is it's funny? I think of him as a football player, as a basketball player. Yeah. he's so tiny on a basketball court. No, he's he's ultra athletic and and strong and all that. He, look, they weren't drafting black quarterbacks then either. No, ninety three. Like you didn't. That was it. There weren't like many. An Andre Ware. Yeah, like who was one, a, kind of one, but he was know? a thrower, like a th- correct. And Charlie was, too. Like, if you go watch his oh, yeah. games against – like, they played Notre Dame in a number one versus number two game that Notre Dame actually won. He was sensational. Yeah. So, it's funny how I just kind of made that 
little dumb comment about he because I think of a small basketball player. Sure. But did you get any either of you see the picture of Luka Doncic next to Micah Parsons? No. No. Uh. Uh-uh. So you did think I him? think of Micah Parsons as He's like a big. a big beast? Yeah, yeah. And Luka is like a taller, but NBA dwarfs him. Dwarfs him. Yeah, I bet it he was would because he's six stunning. Six, but any six, six ten, and every bit is broad. Seventy or whatever. Luca got thick. Yeah, it's it blew my mind. Yeah, I'll see if I can find it. That's pretty wild. Yeah, wild weekend. The Dion stuff in Colorado's was that insane. speech was insane. Chant the characteristics of the people who are going to replace you. I while mean, I'm well, that, addressing I, you. I wonder. I just wonder how much can he pull from that West Coast. Can he can he he's, go into USC's backyard? No, and I don't think so. I think he's going to be – he is going to use Portal and NIL. Yeah, that's Like I just stunning. think of Micah Parsons as it's like – Huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to use Portal and NIL. He's going to try to reach kids that way. And he was great at Jackson State. I mean, they, Colorado better come up with some quiche. They're going to have to. And that's always been their problem. They don't, they don't have billionaire boosters, though, who you can write checks. You would think there's so much money up there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milkbone, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today, BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. A lot around the league. Some catastrophic injuries at quarterback. We'll get to all of that. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Horkes hits this one high and deep, and back goes Desmond King. Caught it up high in his pads at his 15. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. He fumbled. Loose ball, and the Browns are going to come up with it. They got it, and by golly, what a day Tony Fields is having. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of your Cleveland Browns. You depend on the Browns to win. You can always depend on OBM. They'll tackle any size office. The number is 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. Uh, news in the NFL today. Our former quarterback, the number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield, released by the Carolina Panthers today. Um, uh, Coach Weich announcing that. Uh, Coach Wilkes, rather, announcing that this afternoon in Carolina that that was going to be the case. So he'll go through waivers, and we'll see where that goes. Um, pretty wild turn of events in the last year, two years for uh, for Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no doubt. Um, shocking, in fact, that they decided P.J. Walker was their starter, Sam Darnold was their backup, and I think that he, and it's being reported that he asked for his release, and at yeah. that, well, you're a third-string quarterback, you're going to be inactive. You, they, you're not in their future plans, so right. if you can get a, a chance to get into somebody else's, but you wonder if you know we've seen the last of him as a starting quarterback. Now, the question will be, Around every around the league right now, due to what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo, which is yeah. the next bullet point on this, suffered a broken foot in the first quarter, so requires season-ending surgery. According to head coach Kyle Shanahan, would the 49ers be interested? And now it's going to depend on a couple of things. Number one, do what did they think of him coming out? Mm-hmm. What was the evaluation of Lynch and Kyle Shanahan coming out? Number two, what is their evaluation of them of him now? And number three, would he be comfortable? Because everybody who's covers the Niners has already said the question is not would he come in to be the starter would he come in and be able to be okay backing up and supporting Brock Purdy well and so that brings in four you just acquired a guy who played with him in Carolina 
hey, Christian, can you come in for a second? What, do, what, what was did your you experiments think? like with Baker Mayfield when you right. were in Carolina? I mean, it feels like there's a lot of, of things that could line up there um, in, in that regard. I can see the Rams maybe. Sure. I mean, they're, they don't even have anybody to play quarterback. Stafford's done. Well, but the teams – yeah, the crazy thing is, is like he does – he. He used to have a pretense, propensity to elevate. We just haven't seen it in a long time. He no. hadn't really done it this year. Um, it's the no. damnedest thing. It is because you go back to 2020 in the second half of that season. 20 touchdowns, two picks. We said it all the time. You watched no all the Odell. tape. It was, no Odell. He just saw it, ripped it, went, and it just got broken. Yeah. And I don't know. It's one of those things. Look Quarter- at the birthday boy. Oh, yeah, big Drew. Oh, Happy birthday is. to oh, Drew. What a real treat. Happy what a real birthday treat. to Drew. See That's what I a did there? I did. I loved it. That that was a Garoppolo can't stay healthy. It's just Sad. bad luck it, it, and he can't. His winning percentage it changes him too. His That's winning percentage is on par with Montana and Steve Young and 49ers lore. I would like to see if I could just play what would you like to see happen and I don't know if he's got any game left but I'd like to see the Colts because you don't see in NBA teams are out of it who have veterans and one one year yeah. deals will release them and allow them to go ring chase how could he do that with Ryan could they I would no that's not what I was going to oh, say Oh you're going another way Nick Foles Oh Foles yeah Oh could he could they could they cut him Yeah Of course But then could he could he get to the Niners he, I don't think he, I don't think he's would he be wavered I guess veterans are even now. Yeah. I would think so. I mean, who? What, come on. I could see someone just trying to roadblock it, though. I was like, well, the Niners and the Rams. Yeah. Like, who could roadblock them? That would be the only thing. Yeah. That. I mean, something like that. I don't. What? They are ready-made. They were my pick in the Super Bowl yeah. before the Garoppolo injury. I think you felt that way, too. Like, but I don't know what. Can you do it with Brock Purdy? I, What's the 49ers correspondent have to say? Is he just inconsolable right now? I can tell you he he does not. He would he would prefer many options other than our former guy. Our former our former guy. Yeah, yep. he's he against that. The just as big and more germane to our situation is the Ravens situation. So Lamar Jackson went down with a knee injury in the first quarter. John Harbaugh saying yesterday, days, weeks, not in a year, but days, weeks. Today they're saying that it might actually be less serious than initially thought. Wow. But they are going MRI. Huntley this weekend, right? Yeah. Like they've already Yes, he will start. Now yep. they carted off Patrick Queen in that game too. Yep. Eesh. Rough day. And it yet was. they still beat the, Guys, By the way, the Broncos, they're gutless. I want yes, them relegated. I want them relegated. Gutless. Guys, we still have five games left. It's outrageous, with all this carnage. Yeah, second week in December. Did you see the uh, Did you see the Broncos fan get, who gave him the paper bag treatment and said, "Broncos country, let's hide." <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, we do have a score for tonight. That's coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, brought to you by Ballybet on 8:50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily brought to you by BallyBet. Coming soon to Ohio on 850 ESPN Cleveland. And be part of one of the most passionate fan bases in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today. The best chance of securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Monday Night Football, Gibby. Indeed. The New Orleans Saints 4-8 and eight on the air. Who wants to win the NFC South? Nobody is the answer. Nobody. Saints visiting Tampa Bay tonight. Tom Brady 
little prime time action as the Buccaneers welcome in New Orleans Zagura. I think the Bucs are unhappy with what happened here. I think they'll Should get Mike be. Evans the football. I think they win, and I think they win huge. Manning cast, right? I believe so. Bucks ram it. Um, one of the things that's just not being taught, like they are continuing to roll out Dalton. Like that they won't come How about Jameis? How about Jameis? That's what I'm saying. There's let, no conversation around I'd like why to see, he hasn't played. So I'd like to see him let go, and maybe he can go to the 49ers. Like, yeah. I don't know. You're just wishing. I don't know. Wish it's the craziest star. thing. Yeah. Bucks, ram it. All right. Next level coming up next. We're back tomorrow. Enjoy your victory Monday. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN, 850 WKNR.